Hello and welcome to this special edition of Network Collective. This is an off-the-cuff edition. We're here at Cisco Live in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I have an excellent panel of guests here to talk about uh, what we want to talk about today. So uh, what the, the idea of the show today is we want to talk about the value of conferences and social media as it relates to uh, IT, engin IT engineering careers. Um, and to do that, um, we have these guys here at the table and lady at the table. Very fantastic. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I am Jonathan Davis. Uh, I've been in IT for 16, 17 years now. Um, I work in the government space doing a lot of um, wireless work and, of course, uh, the traditional land WAN as well. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at Subnetwork, and everything kind of links from there. Sounds good. Aaron? Cool. I'm Aaron Conaway. I do a large enterprise in Atlanta. Um, lots of data center stuff too, but uh, uh, usually big companies. And um, I'm at A. Conaway on Twitter, and aconaway.com is where I kind of blog, maybe. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, we also have Morena with us today. Hi, I'm Morena Karasevich. I work in Vancouver, BC at a local college there, and uh, we found it Renegade 604. Excellent. Thanks for joining us. And Tom? Hi, I'm Tom Hollingsworth. Uh, you may know me from such hits as Networking Field Day, Technical Day Extra, <laughs> and uh, the, the ill-fated, um, well, we don't go into that series anymore. Um, <laughs> I, you can find me on Twitter as Networking Nerd. My blog is networkingnerd.net. If you want to check out my Bruce Wayne job, head over to techfieldday.com and gestaltit.com where you see what I do for a living that allows me to write blogs at night. Uh, so, so, Tom, you mentioned Gestalt IT. Gestalt IT has just started up a new podcast. Uh, since we have you on, why don't you tell our listeners a bit about, about that? Sure. So, uh, we realized that when we get here at Tech Field Day and we have a lot of great people sitting around the table, one of the things we like to do is we like to have some great conversations, not necessarily about the company who's presenting, but about topics in IT. And some of these premises were really interesting. So, we decided, well, why not make a podcast around it? So, if you head over to gestaltit.com slash podcast, you can check out all of the episodes we've recorded of the on-premise IT roundtable. Yes, we do have the right idea about IT. Uh, we publish on a bi-weekly <laughs> schedule, so um, every, every other week you'll see some great content that we've recorded over the last 12 months. Um, Rich Straffolino, who's uh, one of our staff writers at the site, so is responsible for doing all the editing. His dulcet tones will introduce the great topics that we have. Uh, Stephen Foskett and myself are the moderators, but the, uh, the real talent is groups of folks like uh, Jordan and JD and Aaron and Marina. Um, they're the real talent to discuss these ideas. So if you want to check it out, head over there. Um, we have some great new episodes coming up pretty soon. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback, you know, rate us, like us share, subscribe, all the things that you're supposed to do to spread the word. And you can find that at gestaltit.com. Gestaltit.com slash podcast. That's where the newest episode will always be uploaded. Excellent. So, uh, so let's dive in. Um, so the topic today, social media and conferences as it relates to IT engineering. Uh, do you guys find it to be a value? You know, I'll jump in there first. Uh, this, is, this is something I'm kind of passionate about. Um, uh, the story I've told, if, if you've ever met me, uh, and we've, we've had this conversation, you've heard this before, but um, I was, I came onto Twitter in 2008, uh, began following people and, and having conversations with, uh, 
with engineers, um, you know, long before I ever made my first Cisco Live. I didn't get to Cisco Live until five years ago. Um, I came as the only person from my organization, so I was basically here alone in a sea of, I think that year there was 19,000 people. Um, <laughs> it, it could have been, a, uh, even as an introvert, a somewhat lonely experience. Uh, it could have been um, uh, maybe a traditional Cisco Live experience for, for a lot of people. Um, but it wasn't because I already had already been interacting with Tom, with, with, with you, Jordan, with all of these people. And so when I got on site, I, I went to the Twitter, uh, the tweet up, uh, and was immediately able to begin putting Twitter handles with names with faces. And we'd already had conversations. We'd already had, we'd already joked. We'd already, um, uh, we already had relationships that now we just brought into meet space, right? Um, and it completely changed that experience because that, that wasn't a, uh, you know, new person to Cisco Live uh, and, and who's mostly lost and, and just trying to hit, you know, hit every session he can. Um, that was me uh, forming these relationships and having just a phenomenal experience. And, and it would not have happened if it hadn't have been for, for all the engineers I already knew through social media. Yeah. It's really interesting that you, that you said the traditional Cisco Live experience versus the experience that you had because of social media. You think that social media changed the the experience altogether, like it, it was a completely different conference because without a doubt, there's no question. Uh, and in fact, it was it was uh, important enough that I began talking with Cisco, and I've actually started uh, three years ago. We, we took a couple years of, of discussion, but started a first time attendees uh, meetup. Um, for Cisco Live. So the first year we had 50, last year we had 450, this year we had over a thousand people to attend. And so the, the, the goal of that is to, number one, bring people, bring people together, help, help them to understand that they're not, they're not the only person here alone, right? Mm -hmm. They're not the only person experiencing it for the first time, but also kind of creating those avenues and to, to, to begin interacting with one another. Uh, we're getting incredible feedback from that because of that reason. We, uh, Cisco created Slack groups for those people. The Slack groups are blowing up with comments and, and people um, meeting up for drinks after, you know, in the evenings and things along those lines. Um, the, uh, and of course, the thing I always do as part of that is I push Twitter and I, put, I, I tell everyone Twitter is the uh, social media, it, it's, the, it's the global water cooler for IT. That's, that's actually the way I describe it, right? It, it's it's a place where you can you can chat about your weekend. It's also a place where you can ask for help, uh, or or provide help. And uh, I always push that. I always get a ton of followers after that, um, which honestly I, I don't care that much about. But I do like the fact that those people are are then you know get, getting online and getting involved. Um, you know, I think uh, uh, Miranda, I think you kind of experienced that a little bit too, just a couple of years ago. Right, because two years ago, which was 2015, right? That was my first year. And so when I had signed up, I got an email that said, hey, you're new. Do you want a mentor? And I went, hmm, that sounds good. Who was that? Oh, that, was, that would have been Aaron. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, I went by myself. I'd, I mean, I was the only person from my college that went, obviously. And so I was a little intimidated. So having, you know, being able to find Aaron, and of course, he's really tall. So it's, <laughs> it was perfect because I never actually lost him anywhere. He tried a couple times to ditch me, but it didn't work. <laughs> But it was great because within the first, well, breakfast on Sunday. Yeah, breakfast on Sunday. Yeah. You know, before I went and wrote an exam, all of a sudden I knew a whole table full of people. I remember that because you said, well, hey, where are you guys? And I told you and you walked in and I realized 
This is a new uh, Cisco Live attendee, and there are 25 people sitting at the table for breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> so but it was about good. to make some friends, right? <laughs> so, so Marina, you, were you engaged in social media before you came the first time? I was not at all. Okay. I was actually pretty isolated in terms of my professional life in general because I didn't get to go to conferences. And I mean, being in higher ed, you don't, I'm, I'm the, the network, right. right? I don't have a big team. I, uh, I would go to one local conference every year, but the problem is our whole department would go. So what ended up happening was everybody kind of just hung out with the people they already worked with, mm -hmm. so you didn't really make a lot of contacts that way. Right. So when I signed up for the mentor program, they were like, oh, get on Twitter. And I went, okay, fine, I'll get on Twitter. I don't know how to use Twitter. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because I had had a Twitter account years ago, and it just didn't seem to have benefit to me at the time. So I canceled it. And right. You weren't a fan of tweeting about sandwiches? And no, like that, because yeah. that would have been like 2009, <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't yeah. care what you're doing right now. I really yeah, don't. Yeah. Right, so, so, so you became engaged, I'm just trying to summarize here. Yeah. You, you became engaged in social media after the conference experience because you met people here. Who, slightly before, slightly during, but mo right. a lot afterwards. Right, and so that, that actually like heightened that experience. Oh, definitely. Excellent. Actually, I had the opposite experience from all of you because I started coming to Cisco Live in 2006 by myself. Um, nobody from my company wanted to come. I spent the first year going to sessions and being a busy little college student, basically. And um, you know, it was fun. Like I, I learned a lot, but but there was it, I was missing something. I could tell that there was there was something that was not right as far as the greater the interaction. And so as the years went on, like I found a group of people to hang out with. That we all kind of revolved around one of the things that Cisco did on the the show floor. Well, then, in I think it was 2010, actually, they shut that program down. They didn't do it anymore. I was like, well, darn, where 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 are all my friends going to go? What am I going to do now? And then about that time was when I created a Twitter account, and uh, and and then when I started meeting people and understanding what what this could be about, it really changed the perspective of Cisco Live. I mean. Look at the number of people now that come on social passes, not because they want to go to sessions, but they want to come hang out with their friends and, and have discussions and do great things here around other people, not necessarily conference related. It's social has changed a lot of what Cisco Live looks like to people. Um, and I hear that a lot from people, not just outside of Cisco, but inside of Cisco too. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's changing the way that they think about the way that they interact with their customers. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. Um, there's, there's kind of the history and the, and the lore around Tom's Corner, but I remember watching that take place on Twitter. Um, at, at, I guess that was six years ago. It was 2011. 2011 yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember I, I, I thought I was going to make Cisco Live for the first time that year, and I, and I wasn't able to. And I remember being so frustrated because it was like these, these are all those people that I've been talking with, and they're all in one place, and I can't be there. Um, and I, I've actually, um, uh, 2012 and 2013 both, uh, put a lot of personal money out. Uh, to get to Cisco Live for yeah. for specifically that reason, San Francisco. I was 100% completely on my own dime, and I even paid for the full pass. And San Francisco is not cheap at all. No, no. Um, but it was worth it for the people that I was around. 
Um, the, I mean, that's quite a statement. I, was, yeah. I want to unpack that a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you paid flights, yeah. San Francisco hotel costs, and a full conference pass, not because of the sessions at the conference, but because of the people you've established relationships with Absolutely. via online and social media. Absolutely. I mean, we, we, if you don't know, you should know. <laughs> Every session that you could possibly attend, uh, except for mine, <laughs> gets, gets recorded and put, uh, put, you know, put online afterwards. So if, if the only reason you come to Cisco Live is for the sessions, you're, to be perfectly honest, wasting money. Yeah, you're missing out on 90% of what Cisco Live has. That, that's, ex that's exactly right. Um, so but, I, I have not been to a session yet. We're in day three. <laughs> I tell my boss because so Monday. You know this is going on the internet, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Monday I had an exam, right? Because you get a free exam when you get a conference pass, which I failed like normal. Um, I... I was watching some engineering deathmatch stuff, right? Skipped another session. Um, did a podcast about tactical operations you know, with Justin Cohen. That was all day Monday. Yesterday I was hanging out with you all day with Tech Field Day, which is amazing. That's the, the greatest thing that happens here, by the way. You need to get on the list. If, uh, <laughs> if you're not on Tom's list, try to get on his list. <laughs> not that list, the other list. The good list. <laughs> um, today I even skipped a session to be here because this, this stuff is better than the sessions to me. And like you said, if I want to see the sessions, I'll go later and look at them. Right, right. exactly. Um, when I looked through my calendar this year, I think I had, I think there were three absolute will attend sessions mm -hmm. that I wanted to be there in person and, and you know, wanted to see in person. The rest of them I put on my calendar, but in general, the reason they're there yeah. is, is placeholders so that I remember, remember <laughs> to go back later on and watch them. Um, yeah, it's, it's not about the sessions. It's about the people. It's, it's, about the, uh, it's about the other experience. For the record, I will go to a session later this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> just, for, just for clarity. Yeah. I, actually, I actually explain it to, to people when I'm explaining about Cisco Live, people who are coming new. Like, that there's so much focus, right? And I, uh, you mentioned that traditional Cisco Live, and I mean, not even Cisco Live, just traditional conference experience. Mm -hmm. Where you, know, you go and there's like all this great content, and you, and you definitely want to consume that. But the hallway conversation seems to be where I get the most, right? The, those hallway conversations yeah. are the most And, you know, if, if you've been following Network Collective, that was one of the, the ideas from the start. We kind of wanted to extract those hallway conversations and put them online so that right. people could have them again. I mean, it inspired this podcast, right? The idea that these things happen, these conversations happen, these groups exist. And I think a lot of people are missing out on it because they're focusing so much on those sessions, sure. uh, which, again, are great, great content. I think it's a great value to have available afterwards. And, yes, I'm attending many sessions while I'm here, but it's not my full calendar. Like that's, that's yeah. just the, the, the make your own session aspect of things is so great because I mean, when you're, when you're in a survey course of 300 people in a room learning about, you know, BGP troubleshooting, they, they got to pretty much stick to the slides and they can't yeah. really ad lib very much. But I can remember, um, I think it was 2010 actually, I was walking to the CAE at MGM from down here at Mandalay Bay, which um, if you've never been to Vegas is about 47 miles. <laughs> um, <laughs> and under degree heat. There just happened to be a Cisco presenter there that I'd been to a session of his and it was about um, upgrading call manager. And we got into a very long discussion about some of the new changes inside of call manager and he looked around and he was like, okay, now that there's nobody around from Cisco, let me tell you exactly how this works. <laughs> and it was just like, we were having that back and forth where there was a lot of real knowledge transfer and, and things. And I got more out of that than I got out of a session. And it's not because a session was boring, it was because that personal one-on-one -on -one or small group contact is so important for being able to to discuss that. I mean, you, you brought up the idea of Tech Field Day Extra. Do you know why this table only has eight chairs as opposed to 50? 
not because you, it's because your waiting list, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's <laughs> yeah. a very long waiting list. It's very now, exclusive. We have found over the years that the larger the group, the less discussion happens. Yes. And so, That's very true. When you hit even 20 people in a room, it's difficult for people to be able to feel comfortable talking. It's difficult for people to be able to to formulate ideas and get those discussion items in. And when you think about it, we're a group of people that when you think about the typical person you consider being a Cisco Live attendee, we're actually a lot more extroverted than they are. Yeah. Even though we're not extroverts at heart, we're willing to share, write, tweet, do yeah. all the social stuff. And we have a hard time getting a question in or getting a discussion item in. Imagine how the poor person sitting in the middle of a conference session either troubleshooting something over a VPN because they got called in to work on their vacation to Cisco yeah. Live feels, it's like, who am I to ask a question about why we do AS Path prepending in BGP yeah. in this session? And you look over and it's like, that guy wrote BGP and, and that guy <laughs> works for a service provider. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to find your voice sometimes. So there was an example. Was it San Diego where we were all sitting at the table? There's probably 20 of us, and someone got a phone call, or there was a firewall problem. Oh, I remember. Back. This. You remember that? I was, I was there for this. I know yeah. exactly you, were you there for that yeah. one? Yeah. So like someone got a phone call. Said there's a firewall problem with the like a 5505 or something like that, and I can't remember who it was. But they just started saying the details out loud, repeating them as to get them on the phone, and everyone's <laughs> taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's and like 20 CCIEs, 20 CCIEs, yeah. Yeah. and a They're, bunch of really experienced networking professionals and networking. Uh, and it, it, I remember because it was it was a VAR, it was a VAR engineer, yeah, yeah. and I was I remember thinking like, wow, so if this guy got if, call, if right? this guy got the bill <laughs> for the amount of yeah. of consulting hours yes. that I just got, that was ridiculous. Right. And he ended up solving it in like 15 minutes. But, but, yeah. yeah, but it was you know discussion amongst everyone's we're all free you know thinkers here right we're throwing it out there I mean I think even Jody Lemoyne said hold on I got a lab at home I can do control yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like give me the address for my so I can access his lab on my phone yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I see, mean that's what hooked me yeah. honestly on Cisco live and social media in yeah. general is in terms of my professional life was just being able to actually be in a room with so many smart people and you know, not feel like, okay, nobody here knows anything about what I'm talking about. Mm. They're all gonna, their eyes glaze over as soon as I say anything, you know, like, it was amazing. Were you the only network person? Well, we have an infrastructure team, but I'm the only one who actually... Understands what networking is. I don't, I do the, I do the physical hardware and, you know, okay. all the wireless and all that sort of thing. So, even at work, if I start talking about what I did today, most of my coworkers are like, uh-huh. Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. Right. I, <laughs> I I have that problem too at uh, at the office. I mean, I have other guys. There's no one to really exchange like next gen ideas with, right? What are we going to do tomorrow, right? And this that's what where you guys come in, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, it, it, so go ahead. I don't. Uh, well, I was just going to say uh, a good example is the the ASICs. You know, talking about ASICs and and. Uh, um, Peter has, you know, the class on ASICs. Most, I would say there's a large number of people who do not care. But I also know the group of people that we hang out, out with yeah. and we all find it fascinating, right? Oh, and, and we I don't wanna, have my ASICs on, but right? I usually carry them. We actually want to think about that and we want to discuss what it means and, and, and how it affects things. I want to I I go back to one thing real quick too, when you were talking about like that, that group of people. Um, a term I started using, uh, I guess last year, but for it is, is my knock. My network of cohorts, um, <laughs> right? Because it really is one of those things where, when there's when there is that problem. In fact, I I cannot remember the last last tech case I opened. 
it's been that long ago. Oh, well. Because when I when I have a problem, if I can't find it with some some you know quick Google searches or you know just traditional <laughs> traditional troubleshooting, right? <laughs> Go to Google. Um, I, I'm absolutely I'm absolutely hitting up the the experts I know yeah, on yeah. on Twitter because in a lot of cases you can you can reach out to people who are directly involved in product development. Mm -hmm. Um, or uh, you know, or, or whatever you know, who even if they don't know the exact answer, they then immediately forward you on, or they say, "Hey, this is the person mm -hmm. to talk to," and yeah. they'll make the introduction. And I, I've done that, and I've done that specifically with you, because <laughs> 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 because you're an excellent wireless guy, and and I had some wireless questions, and so like, and this isn't just at the conference; this is throughout the rest of the it, year. This is one of those right. huge values of having those relationships is mm -hmm. is I can lean on people who know more about a topic than I do right. um, to pull back. And that was like, you know, it was a, it was a poorly surveyed site. <laughs> I'm like, how do I make the best? We had fun with that. How do I make the best of this, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and, and that happens quite regularly for me. I don't know about yeah, you guys. Yeah, we, we absolutely had the, we, we, we had fun with that. And, and I think what happens is, is going back to your, your comment about the billable hours, right? Well, the reality is, is when any employer hires me, he gets me, but he also gets my back office. You know, yeah. joke, right? He gets he gets all of that other experience. And well, all well, that it's, other it's part of your skill set now, really. It is. It's, it, it, it's the tool that you yeah, use every day, right? And and you know, social media as an engineering skill set. Yeah. I, that, that's interesting. I like well, that. well, you know, psychologists talk about the fact that we're actually part of our brain actually has become our, our mobile device, right? It has become an extension of our brain mm -hmm. uh, because we're storing so much knowledge in it and, and, with, and uh, using the internet for not only notifications and news and things along those lines, but always being able to, to, to reach out and find information. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the, the, the network of people that we build around us through social media and other things has also becomes that extension of, of knowledge, right? I, it's not possible for any of us to be, okay, there are a few Five times CCIEs, but in general, sure. right? For for us to to not be a, not be trainers, for us to 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 accomplish the goals that are put in front of us in our our um, in our jobs on a day to day basis, we can't be experts in everything. But if we know the experts, then we can at least get that get those assists when we need them and, mm -hmm. and get that help. And even and sometimes just guidance. Sometimes it's as simple as, hey, I've got this project coming up. I've never worked on X product. Mm -hmm. What's the best book? Right. Well, if someone has gone through, if, if that's their area of expertise and they've read everything there is to know, they know the best book. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm getting the right answer. That's interesting, too. I mean, one of the things that always amazed me, and I don't know if it's just strictly in network engineering or if this is true across different disciplines, uh, the amount of people that I've met who are part of the social atmosphere here at this conference who are not just you know, well-trained experts, but literally are the people who wrote the book or the people who developed the protocol or the people like, like people you'd never dream of meeting normally. Right. Um, it, I've kind of lost that awe a little bit because, because <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, I'm just so used to interacting with these people. And then like, I'll just casually mention that like, oh yeah, I was talking with, you know, I don't know, like, yesterday I was talking with Ron Fuller, yep. right? Like who, yeah. who, who wrote many of the Nexus books and now works for VMware with NSX. Like, and it's like a really ridiculously smart guy and a lot of people have learned from him and the material he's, he's developed. And I kind of forget that like most people don't have those experiences. It's yeah. one of those things that's possible. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You, you quickly, the, the, the group of friends that you develop seems very odd when you look at networking from the outside. Um, one of my favorite stories about Cisco Live and, and knowing the people that I know 
is I know a lot of people that work at Chesapeake Net Craftsman. And right. they, they have a very large number of low low number CCIEs. So those are the old guard. You mean and like 1,026 or something? Yeah, like, exactly. Like the <laughs> first, yeah. And so Sunday, <laughs> Terry Slattery walks around the corner at the social hub and waves at me and comes over and says hi. Yeah. To me, that's normal. Terry's a friend. I, I can still remember the day I met Terry. The little horse didn't burst above your yeah. head. <laughs> Maybe but, a little bit still. <laughs> somebody, somebody who's not inside my social circle, they're like, who is that guy and why is he talking to the first guy to ever pass the CCIE exam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What makes him so special? Oh, by the way, guy that was highlighted at yesterday's keynote yeah, yeah, for about yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. But, but to, and it's funny though because most people assume and we see this a lot in, in real life. You know, Nobody goes up and talks to a lawyer. Nobody goes up and talks to a doctor or a judge. They're unapproachable people mm -hmm. because we see them in a very professional light. But for us, because we're inside of the profession, I mean, yeah, when I was a junior network engineer, yeah, Terry Slattery, really? I'm going to mm -hmm. talk to Terry? But now I don't see Terry as an unapproachable person that is 17 levels above me in technical yeah. capacity. Terry's a good friend who has great stories about the way things are, and Terry has great ideas about where we need to be going. And I can discuss things with him, or with Ron Fuller, or Yvonne Peplniak, or anybody in the industry, because we have that social connection. Yeah. So we, you know, we share our thoughts and ideas on Twitter, and through blogs, and other things. And so it gives us an idea of what we can, what we know, and what we're developing and working on. And that really opens the doors for a lot of people too. It's because, and I see this a lot in other communities, not not in the networking community necessarily, but but people who have these ideas, but they kind of keep them really close to the vest. And it's like, well, I don't want you to know what I'm working on. I, this is too important for me. This is going to make me famous. Mm -hmm. And here at Cisco Live, that that sharing of knowledge is so critical to to moving the industry forward. I mean, the ideas that we just throw out there, like, well, you know, what if we did this? Or what if we built it like that? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good idea. We need to develop this a little bit more. And it goes on to be something relatively big. You wouldn't get that if you weren't open and social with people. I, I want to dive into that bit, because you mentioned something a little while ago, and that's the fact that we're probably more extroverted than the typical attendee, but we're still pretty much all introverts. Yeah. How do you yeah. get over that hurdle, right? Because I think, I think people who may be watching this who look at this and say, this is crazy. Like, I don't, I don't want to interact with all these people because this is hard, right? This is exhausting. 28,000 people in one building sounds very tiring to me. It mm -hmm. And it is, right? So how, do you, how, do you guys, how have you guys overcome that? Like, how do you? I think, you know, when we were talking about um, people, people that we know and, and kind of how we're very comfortable interacting with all of these. You mentioned Net Craftsman uh, last night at the CCIE party. You know, I spent a lot of time <laughs> talking with... And, and there is that certain point where you you realize I'm the only one here who's not net craftsman, and these are you know these are Denise Donahue and and Dr. Pete Welcher, and, you know all these amazing people. Um, but at this, it, but it I think the difference is and let me, getting back to your question. Well, you know I want to tell a very quick story. First time, I, <laughs> very, very first time I met Wendell. We're Odom. taking the windy road. That's we okay. That's, uh, that's fine. Uh, very first time I met Wendell Odom. Um, I talked talked a little stories. I have yeah. one too. Uh, so, <laughs> so, I, so I, I talked to Wendell a little bit, you know, on Twitter. He's you know he he's active there sometimes, uh, and we uh, we started we started a conversation um, over the over the extent of uh, probably an hour while he and I stood there and talked. A lot of people came over and introduced themselves and shook his hand and told him how great you know how how his his books helped them you know on their path to you know to to being a network engineer. 
you know, how important he was in the development. And every single time, Wendell introduced me and introduced the topic of, of, of conversation. He was welcoming them into the, in, mm. in, into the conversation. And every single time, what they were, what they were there to do is kiss the ring and, and then walk away. And I think to, to get uh, to, to the question of how do you take a conference with 28,000 people and, and, and survive as an introvert is you have one-on-one -on -one conversations and not just about IT. We weren't, we weren't talking, well, we were talking about IT some, but we weren't, we weren't, I certainly wasn't asking him CCNA level or CCNA book questions or things along those lines. We were talking about life. We were talking about how IT has evolved and how that kind of affects us. And, and so it's, it's understanding that while we're here at a technical conference, we're all complex individuals and we're all more than just, a, in Wendell's case, a, 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 an author. And Wendell has interest outside of that, just like the rest of us. And so it's having those one-on-one -on -one conversations and being willing to, to learn about a person as an individual rather than as an author or as a, you know, a, a CCIE, you know, the very first CCIE or, or, or what have you. So I, my Wendell story, just because since we're sharing Wendell story. <laughs> so I, I made the, uh, the incredibly stupid or naive decision of taking my CCIE lab the Monday of Cisco Live in San Francisco. I remember that. And, uh, and so luckily all turned out well because I passed. If I had failed, it would have been Cisco Live for the entire week. Um, but I passed and it was actually, it was, it was really cool. I mean, it was, it was a neat experience. But the thing that really sticks out to me is we were at the customer appreciation event and I seriously doubt Wendell will remember this at all. But he came up to me and congratulated me on passing my CCA and I'm sitting here thinking like, I've read this guy's books and it, it <laughs> led me down this path and he helped me get here. And here's the guy coming up to me and congratulating me on this accomplishment. And I'm just like, who, where am I at? Like, what am I doing? What is this thing? And it was just yeah. odd. So, anyway. so any other thoughts about introvert, extrovert? Mm. So it, it, I, I found this out earlier this year. Do you know that more people are afraid of public speaking than they are of dying? It, well, that's it, an interesting it's, statement. It's not statistically insignificant either. We actually, we, uh, it was part of a, a team building thing that I did, and you were supposed to rank these like 12 greatest fears, like flying and snakes and dying in public speaking in the order that you feared them. So like, you know, for me, snakes was at the top of the list and flying and public speaking were kind of down at the bottom because that's something I do now. But when they released what the, like the family feud aggregate numbers were, literally more people were afraid. Something crazy like 75% of people are afraid of public speaking and only like 40% are afraid of dying. Think about that. <laughs> but then it, it got me to thinking, well, well, how is it that I ranked public speaking so low and other people rank public speaking so high? And then it dawned on me, when people get asked to give a speech, what are they actually asking to talk about? Well, for most people who are not like super deeply expert technical people, they may be asked to give a speech that they're wholly uncomfortable giving uh, about a topic that they don't feel comfortable talking about. And so what do they do? They clam up. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, they don't like to talk, they don't like to answer questions. Well, what happens when we're asked to give a speech? Like if I ask you to get up on stage and give a five minute speech about creating you know, VXLAN networks or doing long distance vMotion, mm -hmm. you could give it and you would feel comfortable with the technical discussion, right? Sure. But if I asked you to get up on stage and, and tell me how a heart operates, you would probably go, mm. 
it goes bump and yeah, exactly. another bump. <laughs> and hopefully. Uh, <laughs> so, that's the end goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the key yeah, to right. becoming more extroverted, especially at places like this, is to realize that as a professional in this industry, you have a skill set. Even if it's something you ran, read in Wendell's books, even if it's something you learned from a CCIE training lab, you know about that topic. That's how most blogs start is, hey, I'm learning about this topic. I want to write my notes down. That's how mine started. And as I, as I built out from that, as I understood the topics more in depth, um, one of these days I'll tell you the story about how I almost punched Marko Milivojevic in the face because he told me I was wrong until I realized that I actually was wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to go back and fix it. That's a pretty typical scenario. Yeah. 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 But, <laughs> being right and me being wrong, yeah. But once I got comfortable with that, I didn't feel awkward about walking into right. a conversation with someone where they're talking about the best way to do port fast on a switch. And yeah. I'm like, hey, I know a little something about this. And even when I got on Twitter for the first time and, and I was talking to the Ethan Banks and he loves it when I tell the story. I'm like, he's Ethan Banks. He's a podcast host and a CCIE candidate and he's like a brilliant human being. And when we started talking, we realized that we, we kind of have the same level of knowledge about things and it, it starts opening those doors. But the irony now, and this is actually something that Stephen told me years ago when I was a delegate at, at Networking Field Day. I shook his hand and I said, Stephen, thank you very much for letting me come to this event because I got to meet my heroes in IT. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me deadpan and he said, well, guess what? You're somebody's hero now. So remember that feeling. Oh, goodness. <laughs> when somebody comes to you. No pressure. <laughs> but, but it's happened. It's happened to me in the last few Cisco Lives because of, as, as JD put it, the, the legend of Tom's Corner. And the, the, the fact that social's gotten so big, people will come up to me and they'll just want to take a picture or shake my hand. Yeah, yeah. And I don't let that stop there. I try to tease a little bit of that introvertedness out of them. What are you like? What are you looking at? What do mm -hmm. you think about all of this? I'm trying to hopefully get them to the point where when they walk away, they don't just want to go back into that little shell and scurry off into a corner and, and read through a PDF of the slides for the next presentation. They want to go find somebody and talk to them. Yeah. I, maybe they're going to get the, um, the uh, courage to go up to the speaker at the end of the session and say, hey, I really liked your slides, but there's like, I got, I got a question about this ASPATH prepending thing. Right. I'm doing it this way. Is that the right way I should be doing it? And that starts a whole new conversation, and that increases the knowledge level in the industry as a whole. And that's what I think is really so important about getting breaking people out of their shells. Right. How about you, Marina? I mean, like, your experience coming into Cisco Live, I mean, are, do you consider yourself an introvert? And what was that like? <laughs> I'm... I'm not shy, but I'm an introvert. Okay. I am. I get exhausted around lots of people. Mm -hmm. So, like, when I leave here, I'm going to probably spend three days not talking to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> because it, it does tire me out. I tend to walk a lot. I'll, like, just, okay, I got to go, and I'll just go for a walk. Just because I need to be in my own headspace for a while and just not be around 28,000 people. Right. But, I mean... There's a difference between being around people and interacting with people. That's the other thing, right? I mean, you can be an introvert and you can be in a room with two, you know, you can be out in the lunch area with 20,000 people. And if you're not talking to anyone and you're in that little shell, you're basically by yourself anyway. Yeah. It's an interesting point because I, I keep hearing, like, yes, I'm an introvert. Yes, this is exhausting. But yes, it's valuable. Yeah. And so I make it happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I think, I think with that, and when thinking about this from a person who may be freaked out about it, um, I, we, we've had plenty of conversations uh, throughout the industry as far as uh, being afraid of admitting that you're not the expert, right? Um, but I think 
you can always you can always ask questions, and it doesn't matter what your level is. You can ask questions. You can have you can start conversations that way. And going exactly to your your point, um, people don't mind answering questions, and sometimes you sometimes and this is something I always tell my first time attendees. A lot of times you're in a session. Um, we mentioned earlier you're in a BGP session and you start looking around and you realize that that guy wrote the book and you know that guy wrote the standard. It's easy to not it's easy to not want to ask questions. But more than likely if if you're asking a question there's probably someone else in the room who also has that same question. They're more just than someone else. Exactly. Probably many. Exactly. Else. Yeah. Yes. And, they're, and they're simply afraid to ask that question. And I always tell people I'm like ask the question. And, when, and as you ask the question, kind of keep your peripheral open, right? And what you'll see is you'll see people nodding. Mm -hmm. And that's because they had that same question they were afraid to ask. And not a single person here will call you stupid and you know, uh, talk down to you because you don't know. Right. Everyone here is helpful. Everyone, from the authors of the books to the guy who's the first time attendee right. will help. And generally, yeah, if, if, if it is it's if, amazing. It, if it is that person, they're going to wash themselves out, yeah. right? Because yeah, yeah. I, I think the, the community is one that's very understanding, and they, the community does not uh, tolerate. But, yeah, tolerate is the perfect word. The community doesn't tolerate those individuals. I, mean, I, I think we've all found so much value out of it, right, that it's just not We're okay. protective of it. Right. Yeah, I, think, yeah, yeah. I, I think that at this point, you know, my experience, I've, I've been in five, six years now, uh, doing all these things that we're talking about, and uh, and I would not be okay if someone came in and started stepping on that. Oh, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Start start yeah. squashing that interest yeah. and that curiosity. Well, the other thing too, though, is I mean, no, no, nobody here was born with any of that knowledge. Everybody didn't know at some <laughs> right. point, and somebody either had to read it or ask, or somebody told them. Yeah. So to to act like it's stupid because oh how could you not know that yeah. well when did you learn it right you know right yeah, yeah what book did you read exactly. someone gave it to you exactly yeah. Yeah. The, I've actually I've taken the community here and I've applied it in my own life I I see the way that we teach people how to do things and I apply it in other areas so when I when I'm not Batman and Bruce Wayne I wear a Boy Scout uniform because I'm a Boy Scout leader mm -hmm. and when you take an 11 year old boy who has maybe never been outdoors and his experience with the woods is chopping down trees in Minecraft and you <laughs> hand him a piece of rope and you say, okay, I want you to tie a square knot, he may have never seen it before. Yeah. And you know, you can't look at the boy and go, well, what are you, stupid? How, how could you not know how to tie a knot? Yeah. I, I look at what the way that we interact with each other and go, okay, I understand, maybe this isn't something that you're really good at, let's walk through it step by step. Let's understand why we're doing this and how it needs to look. Mm -hmm. And then I want you to go teach somebody how to do this so that you really lock it in. Those are the things that we do for people. And it yep. doesn't just have to be about bits and bytes and routers. The ideas behind sharing and, and engaging people and making them um, more social carry over. In fact, I am notorious when I have, like when I ask questions for the scouts, um, I don't pick the kids who are jumping up with their hands in the air. I actually search out the ones who are quiet mm -hmm. because I want them to know that you don't get to hide in a corner, that there's mm -hmm. something you can contribute. And I've had, I've had boys, 13, 14 years old, come up and say, thank you for making me a part of this. I always feel like I'm left out for some reason. And I don't, and it's the same in the networking community. I don't want anybody to feel left out around here. You're all valuable, you're all important. If you, if you were brave enough to walk up and shake hands with somebody that you've right. never met before in your life, that is a skill and uh, something that should be valued. Yep. 
I think you know on the on that same line, one of the the aspects of this, the social aspects is it's one thing to meet the people, it's one thing to have the conversations, but at some point you do want to do exactly that. You want to start giving back, and and Jordan, you and I had quite a few conversations about this early on. Um, th there was the conversation about why should I blog because everyone else is right, and it, and and there becomes this feeling of uh, it's it's all been done before, right? To steal a lyric. Um, but the reality is, is um, the, you, you make these notes, number one, for yourself, right? Because it's amazing the number of times I refer back to some of the blogs of, of stuff I've written on because that was something I needed and I knew I would need it again. Um, the, the most read blog article I've written still to this day is actually how to do uh, Wireshark captures to pull CDP and LLDP information. That's, yes. that's, that's crazy simple. Right, that's very simple. It's a short blog, but people are googling that all the time and finding my blog all the time for that. And the reason I wrote it is because when I went when I went to do a quick search, thinking you know what I, I I know I can just Google this, it wasn't there. So I had to actually think about it and, and kind of check it out. Right. Um, so I think I think as as you begin joining the, the communities and begin participating, at some point you want to begin contributing. And, it, and, and you can't allow yourself to be held back from this idea of it's all been done before and by someone better. Oh, no, 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 no. So you have your own view of the topics as well. So you're going to yep. put a little spin on it. But blogging is the best study tool in the world. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it really is. Going because when, you're, when you start writing and you get like, you know, when Marco's looking over your stuff and saying, no, you're wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, that's where you're going to learn. But it's also, uh, you're going through the details and, you, and you're typing out the details of, you know, OSPF convergence or something, and you're like, is that really right? Yeah. Did I, yeah, did I just make that? <laughs> let me go research that. No, that's, that's, that's how I found the answer to Marco's you're wrong comment, was I realized that the documentation for uh, spanning tree uh, BPDU filter, mm -hmm was different enabled at the global level versus at the interface level because in CatOS, which is the documentation I was looking at, it wasn't an interface command. And so I actually found an inconsistent behavior and it's, it was like a light bulb went off. It's like, he was right. But I need to explain why so that I understand it. And so right. as I'm writing this out, it starts making sense and it starts jiving why the behavior that I was seeing was inconsistent with what the book said it should be doing. And, and when you make that connection, then that's when you get excited about something and you, you, you yep. want to tell the whole world. I mean, you're right. The, the reason why you should write a blog is because if you Google for an answer and you can't find it, obviously nobody else has come up with it either. And you need to, you need to put that down. And, and I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to borrow your, your platform for two minutes. Oh, please. I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking to you. The person <laughs> sitting in the chair right now with her hand like this. Okay. You have a mission. You have homework now. I want you to create a Twitter account if you don't have one. If you're listening to the show and you don't and you don't have a Twitter account, just stop and go make one. And please make your profile picture something other than an egg because people want to see who you are, even if it's a funny cartoon character. But the second thing you need to do is you need to think about three blog posts that you want to write. I'll even give you topics. Hi, my name is X, and I like to talk about X and technology. Here's three questions that I have about technology that I want to learn more about. And here are the answers to those three questions after I did a month of study. Now, where are you going to publish those ideas? That's easy. I'll make you a place. Gestaltit.com. Send me a DM and I will create an account for you to write those three blog posts for me and I will make sure the entire community sees them. Do you know why? 
because you have three blog posts in your brain right now and you don't even realize it. I wanna help you get those out and I wanna help other people understand what you're thinking about. And that is how you become a part of a community. Well, there you go. There you go. So I, I, I think from the conversation, the has been <laughs> burned down. No, that's it. No. Wait, I, it's you can't the... drop the mic around. <laughs> <laughs> the only people who drop mics are people who have never bought mics. That's right. <laughs> that's the truth. Uh, so if if it isn't clear by now, this table is full of social media fanboys. Like we all, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. we all fan girls. Sorry, fan, fan <laughs> people. Fan, fan people. people. Yeah. Um, fan persons, come on. <laughs> uh, so, but I, I want to ask. I want to ask a question the other way. Is there any disadvantage? Is is, is there any negative? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, sure. I've not been to my sessions. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, so th th this is actually something that comes up quite frequently in in my case, and I'm I'm sure it happens occasionally for you guys. Um, there is a huge problem with people on the internet. They think that hiding behind the anonymity of a keyboard gives them the right to say just about anything they yeah. want. Um, and, oh, I'm not going to say a name, I'm sorry. But, but, <laughs> and honestly, I, I, I had a streak of that in me whenever I was uh, uh, just a, a noobling blogger. I mean, I think that the reason why my blog became famous was not because of a post I wrote, but because of a comment I left about a guy being snotty that was basically 14 paragraphs of character assassination. It was like all the vitriol <laughs> that I had in my body just went spilling out. Yeah. But I realized, I mean, there are people that will take shots at you just because you are who you say you, you know. I have a rule. I will never tweet or blog anything that I will not say to the face of the person mm -hmm. that I tweeted about. And, and this actually happened to me last year. I wrote, if you guys know about this, I wrote a post about the fact that the CCIE written exam was not a good exam. It was terrible. And the yeah. CCIE program manager found me and we had a discussion about this and he wasn't happy. But because we, and I said, listen, I stand by everything that I said. And so because of that dialogue, we actually, we've, we've affected changes inside the program. The general consensus is, is that things are getting better. Yeah, sometimes I can be a pain in the ass, but I'm doing it for a good reason. But right. people who are just mean for the sake of being mean, that's the biggest problem that I have. I, I got a blog comment the other day of somebody threatening to destroy my blog. And I'm like, what, what good does this do you? It doesn't do me any good because I have to expend energy having a conversation with you about why you're doing something stupid. But what, what kind of perverse pleasure do you get out of it? And I'm, I'm seriously beginning to believe that there are people online whose entire source of happiness in their life is making other people feel like crap. Yeah. And I don't like it one bit. <laughs> any other thoughts? Um, I think I would go along with that. Um, I think the the... The other aspect is is there are certain people who uh, seem to all they all they want to do is hero worship. Yeah, right. That's true. And um, and that um, the problem with that is is it it's it's one sided, and mm -hmm. everything we've talked about here is is two sided. Mm -hmm. um, we've talked about the conversations that we have with people who um, are absolute top of the field, and we, we're not talking about. We, we all find ourselves doing it. We've, we've all admitted to the fact that, you know, you start thinking about Terry Slattery or, or someone and, and you kind of go, I can't believe we're, we're hanging out. So we all do it a little bit, but you have to then go, all right, but this is a person and I want to get to know them. Mm -hmm. It has to be that two-way exchange. Um, so I would say that uh, I've, I've definitely had some one-sided conversations and, and I've done what I can in those to help them understand that, hey, you know, like let, let's let's have a two-way conversation. In some cases, you just simply have to uh, be assertive enough to go, 
you know, this is this isn't my scene, and and move on. Yeah. Oh. I want to thank Jonathan for um, spearheading the mentor program, actually. I think that's probably saved a lot of people. I, um, I think. Other than this one. <laughs> <laughs> other than Aaron's. Okay. Actually, so I, um, I'm going to take a step back on that one. That, that, that is not me. Someone did that before. And I almost want to say Jeff uh, Fry might have been involved, but I'm not certain on that. I may be. Um, the mentor program is another great program. Uh, that you're exactly right uh, helps uh, make those connections mm -hmm. um, I uh, it, it got tied together with the first-time attendee thing and I think it's a great place mm -hmm. for it and I'm fully supportive of it um, but uh, but that but yeah that, that one is I, I can't take credit for that one that one honestly I think that 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 is a huge thing in social that we need to we need to do more of is giving credit where it's due it, so often it is too easy for people to come up and and I and like I said I and I hate to go back to it but this is something that happens to me frequently people go up and they go thank you for everything that you've done to make social such a thing I'm like what did I do <laughs> literally all I did was sit on a bar stool and start shaking hands with people you know why this thing works Tom it's named after you now <laughs> <laughs> this only works because people want to be a part of it right, right. Um, you know it, it, my favorite thing when people are like I'm fed up with Twitter and Facebook and I'm gonna quit and go to this new social media platform you know why it's not gonna work nobody's there no is yeah this works because the people are here and if the people leave this dies but if people keep wanting to be a part of it people keep growing it it will continue to go long into the future, long after they name the corner after somebody else. <laughs> it will continue to be a community of thriving, smart, intelligent, um, sharing individuals. And that's honestly what I want. I, I, if, if you ask me tomorrow, we're changing the name of everything regarding around social, we're calling it the Jordan Martin Corner, but it'll double in size that's next a year. That's really stupid name. Then my answer, <laughs> then my answer would be, Awesome, I will be at the Jordan Martin corner tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That's, I don't care. I don't want to take credit. I want it to succeed. And, that, and, 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 and if you have a true desire for, for your ideas to succeed or for your communities to succeed in social media and you care less about taking credit for it and more about giving credit where it's due, I think you're gonna find that a lot of people will be very grateful for that. All right guys, uh, we are coming to the end of the conversation. We're gonna have to wrap it up here. Um, so I just I just want to say thank you to you uh, as as the panelists and to uh, Gestalt IT for allowing us to invade your space here. In, in <laughs> in uh, uh, so uh, so yeah. So uh, also uh, thanks for thanks for watching and listening. Uh, if you're doing that now, uh, if you want to find more great conversations around network engineering and all the topics that surround it, you can find uh, more of our con content at thenetworkcollective.com. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at uh, at NetCollectivePC. So uh, thanks again for watching. Thank you.